to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast. I listen because Rod and Karen are hot. Mm. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Black Guy Who Tips podcast. I'm your host, Rod. Joined as always by my co-host, Karen. And that's right. We are in the house, ready to do some podcasting. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podomatic, uh, Spotify, um, Google Play. Uh, if your catcher catch it, we do. Yeah, we, if, if your catcher is out there looking for it, we out there tossing it. Okay. We throwing that thing. Um, but yeah, go ahead and, uh, look us up. Leave us five star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. We appreciate those. The official weapon of the show is the taser and the unofficial sport. What about? A bullet ball extreme and uh today's episode is a recap episode we're gonna recap episode three of lovecraft country on hbl misha green's uh opus um and of course today's also special because it is tbgwt day mm-hmm. which we celebrate every year fans send pictures and stuff i feel like this year we kind of dropped the ball a little bit yeah because everything is just out of whack y'all like like it's just been so abnormal because we got reminders we normally start reminding people like a month before you know in case people want to get t-shirts and things like that but man every month has felt like a full-fledged year to it's just throwing us off y'all yeah the pandemic came through but y'all came through as well and i yes. saw people were posting pictures in their blackout tips gear and their mm-hmm. mask and their and being safe and socially distancing and Yay. you know celebrating and showing pictures of like oh this is me and uh this event i'm a dj and you know this is look i'm coordinating with my mask and my shirt like mm-hmm. y'all y'all look great yes. we appreciate y'all repping for the team and you know as always thank you thank you and of course the other reason that the reason that we have the black autist day on september 2nd every year it's our anniversary that way we won't forget yeah 18 years okay so. i didn't realize it had been 18 mm-hmm. karen uh actually our, our marriage can vote now <laughs> right uh karen got me just graduated from, from no no not college high school high school karen got me some flowers mm-hmm. and uh some m&ms mm-hmm. and i got her some flowers and some chocolates so it's a lot of flowers in here today <laughs> we are flowered up ain't we mm-hmm. so if, if it's any if it's any bees anybody trying to pollinate come through come you know on, what i'm saying through. we got you up in here yes and it was hilarious when i was uh get you those flowers everybody was like what is what's the, what is it for i was like my anniversary and they was like, uh, you get, you getting that for a man? It was like, men don't get flowers that often. I said, no, they don't. But I said, I believe in giving people their flowers while they're alive. And flowers are pretty. Uh, you know, it's, I know a lot of people, flowers ain't their thing, but flowers is pretty. Look at them and watch them die. They're gorgeous. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's, uh, it's a great, great day. And, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately this year we can't really celebrate by going out and Mm-mm. doing our normal things. So, mm-hmm. you know, just got to stay in and, and stay safe another day and and they will you know eventually we will get out there yes but what better way to celebrate than with all of you and all of the people that love lovecraft country i mean love is in the name okay so and we and karen is country so <laughs> and we like craft beer so it's we all do. three all three things that happen at the same time um before we get into the breakdown i always like to start the same way this episode is called holy ghost third episode of the season directed by daniel sackheim and written uh by misha green misha green um karen what'd you think about this episode in general 
oh it was fun it was it was um out of all the episodes it you know my scary level it was the scariest but it still wasn't like i said i don't be like i said because of who's making it i know we're only gonna go but so far so for me i was like oh okay i I can still deal with this particular level it wasn't like over 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 the top or anything like that but it's one of them things where it caught your attention and it was beautifully shot i would say like for me it felt powerful the acting and um especially like some of the deeper narratives in the show because you know this show is so packed with so many it's almost um insulting to call them easter eggs but that's kind of what we call these but it but like they're easter eggs of black history um and so it rewards looking up some of this shit and i did go look up some of this stuff and it was like oh my god nothing in this fucking show is by accident and i know because we one we didn't read the book right and two i don't listen to other people's recaps and i don't really read a lot of stuff about the show so i don't necessarily catch everything and that's okay we're not here to be the people that catch every single piece of thing Mm -mm. um there's shows i'm sure that do that better than us but Mm -hmm. we are here to have fun retelling the story and enjoying it but i did find stuff even me like and i was just like fuck what and then of course some stuff black twitter is just like as you're watching it they just like did you know this i'm like i did not pick up on that i wouldn't have picked up on that if i watched this show three million times agree like y'all y'all just so smart y'all are so smart it was like the gordon parks photos in the first episode i i did not pick up on that and they're just so fucking smart i don't have that in my mental reservoir Mm. of consistent like oh i I knew to be looking out for this iconic Mm -hmm. moment but Mm -hmm. oh my god anyway let's get into this episode uh we'll get into the breakdown all right um holy ghost is the name of this episode uh in which the blacks move into a house Mm -hmm. uh it starts with letty sitting in church um not having a very good time Mm -mm. she's like me in church you know it's like everyone's dancing and shit and you're just like when is this over okay her mind was not there i want to watch the football game and the pastor going on a little too long and all this dancing we ain't got time everybody out you know you ever had that moment when you're like i should just go to a white church that's that's how i felt it's like this this would have been over white people would have got out at noon had come time on to, go to olive garden they could have went to olive garden and came home and watched the panthers you know that's how she was looking in there and that's i could feel her come on but um yeah uh i don't think i because at first i thought oh this is george's funeral but i don't think it was it's just like regular church and they were praise dancing now george's widow hippolyta was up front dancing and praise dancing but it wasn't like a somber everyone in black funeral occasion and it didn't look like like they didn't show the casket so it seems like this enough like enough time has passed that it's past the funeral but that doesn't mean that his death doesn't hang over everything that's true and but i've been to funerals like that where it's if somebody died but they still dance there's like a regular function and service so it could be they just showed that but just didn't show his body well i watched it like two and three times to see okay because i was like that that must be the funeral and i was waiting to show the casket 
the show to other people because you know if they would have had the funeral montrose would have probably been there you know for a fact tick would have been there um but it wasn't it just like, like she was she in was church looking for something yeah. yeah yeah and she brings it up later too mm-hmm. so um so the first thing i thought was how much time has passed since george died because in my mind i thought we were gonna basically come back mourn george and see all that and instead it's been like no would that happen and now they're trying to recover from that mm-hmm. so anyway during this there's narration from what i assume is her mother saying and not even letty but lay as her as a short name for nickname for her and to ask her about like what has she done with her life and not in a pointed way but in like a a parental like way of like to guide you to say you know what have you done with your life who have you saved who are who what have you done it for who are you you know who have uh you helped who's gonna um see you fly who's gonna help you fly who's gonna mend your wings when you fall down from heaven and let it go fly you know so this is the voice that sounds like maybe it's her mom or something we don't know for a fact who Mm -hmm. it is but it sounds like it could be her mom now we see later in the show they talk about her mom being very selfish so maybe it wasn't her mom but that was a very encouraging moment and then she was in church and she had a tear coming out her eyes and it was so uh juxtaposed to everyone dancing and praise worshiping and stuff and she's just sitting and this tear one like silent glory tear coming down her face uh it was just like a very poignant scene um and then we get like uh this like overlay on the scene where um it's like print you know just like a of i don't know like a black page and then on it it was like <laughs> in the summer of 1955 a group of negro men and women moved into a house on the north side of chicago mm-hmm. 10 days later three people went missing inside the house never to be seen again pioneering is dangerous and i was like oh shit <laughs> like pioneering three like these niggas about to die come on all right so what the way and then the next thing that comes on screen is day one is all like don't don't and this is <laughs> this is a very jordan peele-esque stylistic show now i don't know that misha green like i want to give misha green all the credits but there's like a stylization to like a jordan peele like music being so heavily involved in so much of the stuff and even that like bold type of like 10 days and you know like all of that stuff feels so pill-esque but um it's just being executed so well mm-hmm. so day one letty and ruby uh the sisters uh now ruby is the dark-skinned sister and mm-hmm. letty is a light-skinned sister they don't share the same last name Mm-mm. and um i don't believe they share the same father i don't yeah they don't they don't look sound like they do yeah so they're walking into this they're walking in a white neighborhood and ruby is as concerned as you know all black people when walking in a white neighborhood. neighborhood like what is we doing here why are these we around these white folks i don't feel comfortable where are you leading me all of the questions all of the questions and she's so like letty is just so gung-ho about the shit she's like yeah come on and it's almost like she's keeping a secret or something like like wait till i show you this is a surprise um and we know from the overlay that this is gonna be about some negroes moving into a house and i was like oh my god they're about to move into this white neighborhood mm-hmm. now we're talking about a show 
that has monsters and ghosts and wizards and racism but racism is the thing Just, this the racism is the scariest shit i think i'm more afraid of racism than i am of anything else that's happening like being black is living in a horror movie in america and so much of this just that's the thing that makes it tense for me it's not the you know like i've watched scary stuff before mm-hmm. and th- this isn't necessarily that it doesn't mean there's not chills and frights and stuff but the thing that is scary about this show to me is not the ghost um so anyway she rolls up on this uh house that looks like it came straight out of like not even poltergeist like one of the movies where white people move into a house because they got a steal on the price come on those movies the oh. movies that kept coming up when obama got elected yes one of, one of the movies that uh somebody died and they willed the house to them but we got to move out here because we don't got nowhere else to stay you right. know you i looked at that house like oh hell no like the haunting of hill house or some shit come on one of them silent hill houses right like if you look at the like if you take a picture from outside the house the front of it look like a face type of house you know yes when you you take a picture and you you do the proof the old school proof you put it up and it's and it's people like waving back at you in the window and shit you be like how the hell did they get there right like and the thing is the houses next to it was nice manicured lawns all this this house looked like it was the scene of grizzly murders and come on who the fuck would want to move in here and meanwhile you got letty presenting the house like ta-da look at this ruby and ruby's like what what is this about right this old unkempt lawn and raggedy ass house and they went inside and there was spider webs inside come on had been dusted in forever right and like spider webs with spiders on them not just spider yeah. webs Mm-mm. but like grown-ass spiders and they're like they what the chilling. fuck y'all doing here like they uh like uh why you moving in our place we pay not, we pay rent y'all not gonna knock this is so rude coming in my house <laughs> come on we racist spiders get your black ass out of here come on everything racist uh and so then um they go inside and she's like talking about the house because you know it's one of those things too where uh you see these scenes in movies all the time you see it if you watch the home network or whatever the shit is called all these people that can like see the potential in a house and it's like girl we do this to it and we can do this yeah like oh we can make this out of this and we can do this over here and we just clean this up that sounds like a lot of work and a lot of money yeah it's a fixer-upper and you're just like "Mm." no i'd rather buy it already fixed up right not just that i rather buy it in a place where my neighbors don't want to kill me for moving in next to them hello um so it's one of those things too when they get these houses they be like yes i work at kmart and my husband he um he does uh the gig economy uh we have a budget of five million dollars how how bitch how now the thing that i will say too is um it's interesting because at this time knowing like a little bit of you know the chicago and this era literally a black family could move in and people would move out immediately Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. like they would move out if they didn't just like run the black people out of town uh out of the block and not even out of town because it's like chicago the city but out of where the white people live Mm -hmm. like you're not allowed to cross this line and live here um and at that time i don't i'm not even sure they would have been able to sell liddy a house 
like to have a black person that could sell a house or have a realtor that would sell a house to a black person right or have a black realtor like there was a lot of shit going on at this yeah, time even a black realtor wouldn't be able to get a house in that neighborhood right like ghosts are not the most preposterous thing about this episode it's Mm-mm. a black woman by a black woman buying a house in a white neighborhood at this time is probably as fucking uh ridiculous as anything else yeah what's fucked up this shit still is today like it's places where they won't even consider telling black people even if they have the budget that you can get access to this well not just that this it was illegal is what i'm saying you could not do it so it wasn't even just a matter of like we don't prefer black people to. it's like no legally your black ass can't live here so i don't even know how you got it's bought on, this house it's on a documents how yeah. did you get across the line right like oh you got the money well they must have thought you was a white person because you're not supposed to be able to do this um but yeah so she um she had bought she bought this house and of course the first question we all have is where'd the money come from hello letty was broke letty was her her whole family don't fuck with her because she was broke they've been sending her money all her life and being like and she's been lying about what the money going to mm-hmm. and stuff so to her it's like you know to ruby she's looking like how how you how you right. afford this house right now i got most scooby-doo game questions we are at the haunted house we're going in here why is we here where did you get that money is there anybody going to be in the mask like the ruby was like i got all of the questions and she didn't really explain where she got the money from at all donations 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 like i don't know Mm -hmm. she was like i'm gonna start a i'm gonna start a school for young black boys Mm -hmm. it's gonna be an abandoned school from philadelphia and y'all can send your kids here i'm gonna crank up a gofundme it's gonna be on malcolm x boulevard next to uh (laughs) <laughs> next to uh, um mlk lane book washington street okay just he meeting me at the intersection uh but nah she was like she didn't explain to ruby where she got the money Mm-mm. but she basically says like look i got this money uh this has 13 rooms in here it's got a basement that's not counting the basement um i'm gonna make it a boarding house for black people so black people can come in here you know pay rent basically now this was extremely popular during that era like especially in chicago um not necessarily to for good reason it was actually popular before necessity black people weren't making living wages in which they white white people where white people could have like an apartment or a house Mm -hmm. black people were making so little for the work that they were doing because they were coming from the south where they weren't even used to getting paid right or they were in sharecropping situations they were going to the north for a better life and then they would get these jobs and uh they would under it like companies would basically use them to underprice white workers and be like okay we were and using the bus unions and stuff like that we'll just pay the black people less money than we pay the white people right and this will make the white people have to accept less money in order to stay employed mm-hmm. but that also meant black people weren't making enough money to you know to live and yeah and the white people are like you caused my wages to go down right and the reality was 
black women and black men had to have jobs there weren't a lot of people that could just like this this idea of the patriarchal man who brings home the bacon and the woman that cleans the house never that was for, not really a reality for, for a lot of black for a lot of black people mm-hmm. uh, a lot of black women end up doing domestic labor in people's houses and stuff like that yeah, working in factories and take care of their own homes right so this is a big you know so this boarding culture was was pretty big you know um now what i liked about this is that i've never really got to see it in a joyous portrayal before it's normally in like a very sad like this is the ghetto the worst and uh this one felt more like oh no these are young black people enterprising black people that are trying to find a way you know our ancestors weren't all just fucking sad somber people all day Yeah, everything about our lives ain't no nobody knows the trouble i seen right and so ruby is like okay yeah that's cool i hear what you're trying to do but um didn't they just almost have a riot last year when a black woman a black family moved in uh into an all-white building um and that's true too that really happened i can't remember if i read that in i don't remember if i read that in warmth of other sons or something else but that's a real story mm. like they had to have like uh like 700 police officers watched this woman's house overnight because she was light-skinned and they thought she was white when they sold her the house then they found out she was black and um yeah you know it did uh they, they them white people was like you got to fucking go and the police had to come out there and watch her house overnight like that's like that's how fucking violent white people were that they was like we need to spend the whole police force just to protect this one family from these white folks so um but but we the animals okay right and that's why i say light-skinned people still black okay i'm not gonna join the colorism wars me either and kick them out of blackness i'm sorry nope they are still black tell that to the white man as soon as they find out there's one drop in there they be ready to kill somebody and that looks a lot like the regular racism we all go through come on um <laughs> like and it's even funnier because it's like the colorism and the proximity to whiteness didn't make them any safer it made the, it was much more dangerous for them being that close to those motherfuckers yeah because if they get mistaken it's a problem yeah uh so then um letty finally relents and says like uh i mean letty pushes down on this to ruby and says hey um this would be our chance to finally really be sisters you know and you've always like when they came in there it was so funny because when they were coming in the house she was like telling ruby like all the times ruby gave her money and stuff and how she owed her money that and, tells her that's been playing in her mind right and and i think that that guilt it's almost like if i'm about to show you my new jordans i have to bring up the fact that you you can't enjoy my new jordans knowing i owe you money you know if i if you oh if i owe you a hundred dollars and i'm about to show you some 150 dollars sneakers you can't really be happy for me Mm -mm. um and so what her uh idea was look we will have you move in with me um and we'll run this we'll run a boarding house and we'll use you know like we'll be sisters finally like we'll finally get to live that life um and ruby does relent after a while it says well i'm taking the biggest room um then letty tries to show her the elevator but we get like yeah, a yeah and also it's one of those things where ruby was also telling her about you know things that she had planned on doing she was like well you know i got these other offers you know she was thinking about moving and shit like that so letty had to 
pitch really hard because this sister was like this don't sound right well, ruby wants to get a job at marshall fields which is a um uh um like what do you call it? like a um i'm trying to think of a good store instead of marshall's but you know like like back in the day when you had like um these stores like belk or whatever used to be oh, department to- store yeah so she wants to get a job like that and that is like at that time that's a really good job for a black woman one mm-hmm. they don't hire a lot of black women Mm-mm. two um like you're working in a mar- in a, a in a department store maybe doing makeup perfume sales or something like that um and it's fraught with different types of danger but that's like a good job as opposed to going in white people's houses and cleaning their toilets and bathrooms and shit or you know what like the other dangers that women have to deal with Mm -hmm. in these in these domestic situations hello so uh she's like still trying to get that job and she in the episode one i remember she had even suggested that letty would be trying to look for that type of job you know and letty was like i won't be look doing a domestic job but she was willing to say she would look into this type of work um anyway so it was very aspirational at that time um at any rate ruby uh does agree to take the biggest room uh such a big sister thing to do uh and then letty uh tries to show the elevator but the elevator is broken and it leads to like a quick cheap scare of the elevator coming down the shaft and it could have like fucked ruby head up when she looked in the shaft but she jumped back and and she's like what and then she wasn't even deterred she's like oh we'll get that fixed i'm like what only in the fucking only on tv yes we'll get that fixed like yep so we don't live here no more uh hippolyta meanwhile is getting her face together in the mirror while d uh calls her down to breakfast and tick is the one cooking breakfast so once again we know that some time has passed Mm -hmm. since george is passing it seems like tick has been really staying and helping around the house and trying to fill in for you know george missing and i assume tick feels guilty yes um they ended the last episode with him saying i'm sorry uncle george i'm sorry uncle george is as george lay dead in the backseat of woody so you know it kind of would make sense that he be helping out and doing all this stuff just out of pure guilt um so and we still don't know how much they've told hippolyta and d about this Mm -mm so hippolyta after she does a beats her face to the gods in the mirror in uh 1930s fashion come on she um she uh takes bram stoker bram stoker's dracula the book that george quoted when he was talking about the vampires the shogoths and he's like um uh he um so we know that's one of his favorite books so she takes the book out of a drawer and just rips pages out slowly like she just gazing straight right like without i was like she's not okay emotionless and like it made me feel like she's doing that instead of crying Mm -hmm. yes 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 she's like i have cried enough and it made me wonder if she's mad at george yeah for leaving her to a certain extent possibility you know because he did keep going out there and he never took her out and now he's gone and i'm Mm -hmm. sure she's just angry in general and uh you know takes around the house but it's not like having a husband 
correct you know um and i know that she never really got to it seems she never really got to go out and be on the road and and all that stuff so maybe she's resentful possibility you know uh, or at least her mind her mind she should have been there so you right. know because like i lost my husband and i didn't even get to see how he died yeah or maybe she's just you know doing it to keep from crying i don't know but mm-hmm. it just made me think those things uh, i have a lot no of anger yeah i have no proof of any of that just made me think about it so then she goes down um stairs and to 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 the kitchen um and um d is setting up the table she pauses for a moment looking at the place settings on the table probably thinking about her father no longer being there yeah because you know it's basically the table to set up for four and she had set up three and she was literally about to put a fourth plate down yeah then we get some like awkward moments in the kitchen because it takes presence because he's not george like he's been making he had a coffee boiling for they go to get the coffee and the and the eggs at the same time and uh he's all up in their space you know and mm-hmm. um she uh he put the co- he put the cup for the coffee out to dry after washing it but he put it up right side up instead of the way george normally does it which is uh right side upside down mm-hmm. so um, it can drain properly yeah. right so you know and then she was there was some revisions to the guidebook that they had to send to the printer and she was she was she's been missing the deadline on it and he's like yeah understandably so no problem and she was like okay well i'm gonna go work on that right now and he was like no i already sent it overnight and she was like but i didn't even get to approve it and he's like it's okay you know i i looked at the notes and uh it was good you know good enough or whatever so you know it's just kind of one of those things where this person's in your space even if they're meaning well you get start getting on each other's nerves and it must have been long enough now to get to nerve getting on time you know what i mean like mm-hmm. like it's not day one or two where she's completely broken it's like i want to go back to my life and rebuild some of this stuff and now you kind of end away yeah and it's also one of those things where she's like well this book falls on me now and so these are things that i'm gonna have to do and it mm-hmm. was like how dare you do this and you didn't consult me yeah it's not the same like and he thinks he's trying to help mm-hmm. oh so yeah. it wasn't like you know this nigga's trying to destroy me mm-hmm. but it was just more of a like okay like huh you know um and so they also uh d asked can they go look for robot robot parts in the junkyard turn tech and Tick is like uh not tonight um I, i'm i'm not gonna be here tonight uh she was like but you've been staying over for weeks and he was like i know but i got something i gotta do and you can kind of see that hippolyta is looking like she's not making eye contact with tick and he's kind of looking at her as, and picking up the vibe like yeah it is time yeah, for me to go it's, he's worn out as welcome so then tick um goes to see his dad uh over at my charles's place uh, he goes to, to his dad's house um and we uh, see the picture of his mom and the count of monte Cristo, cristo monte cristo book again because they just keep this it's like do he read any other books i feel like his dad got one book that's the only that's the only book it's like my dad in the movie sling blade like he just loved that, that movie. movie that movie it's like it's other movies out there dad and i don't like, think i've seen that movie yeah it's a great movie but it's like there's other movies you know that he, are good he don't care no he just want to watch sling blade um and so uh it's like uh he's you know his dad is having a 
a dream that it's almost like he's talking in his sleep now we know his dad is an alcoholic so maybe it's a drunken stupor type thing mm-hmm. but tick goes and pours water on him like get a glass of water and splashes it on him and it wakes him up um and he's not even mad which makes me think like how often has that had to happen that he had to be woken up that way a lot a lot i i i think tick has probably been doing that since he's been a child uh you know because he knew his routine he knew his favorite bars like like this is this is something where they've had to go look for him and find him and they probably have found him all over the city or and things like that so you know a lot of people that have had to deal with situations like this like that that's not the first time so it's one of those things where you just go well it is what it is right like just because he like i said he didn't and we know that this was an abusive situation you know he had Mm -hmm. to fist fight his daddy at one point Mm -hmm. but he didn't want to fight he just woke up and he was like you was dreaming again and apparently it's a recurring dream or nightmare and he said he was dreaming about the riots and his uncle george's favorite story to tell now i assume he's talking about the riots of tulsa when because they brought up that earlier where um last episode george was talking to tick's dead mom ghost or whatever and she's just talking about you know remember back in tulsa before you know before the white people came whatever so it sounds like maybe they survived the tulsa riots and the story that tick remember what that george tells is that there was a stranger who came with a bat and basically started knocking white people upside the head and um he even said that line from tick's dream um which was i got you kid um which is what jackie robinson said in tick's dream in the first episode so this dream that tick had is from all the retellings that uncle george did of this story it's infiltrated even tick's dreams of it now i assume that's gotta be some type of through line because i mean yeah you know connections with their relationships and things like that and you know possibility you know with his brother dying you know that might been like a connection Mm -hmm. you know with him dealing with the death yeah and i wonder just like what more like who was that person is that person somebody special is that you know but yeah so um he basically asked can he uh stay over and um and uh he hit him with my trial said yeah yeah well, he hit him with that old black man speak that grunting and yeah you know. yeah it's kind of that uh michael k Williams is so good as an actor but yes it's kind of that yeah well you don't know if it's yeah i heard what you said or yeah, yeah. you can stay here for a couple of days right it's so confusing the last time i watched it i settled on he was saying he could stay with him but even still like it didn't feel very committal Mm-mm. um and so he says you know we could have used that stranger you know the one that saved them in the rise up in artem which is where that house collapsed and all that stuff and tick is like um you know i feel like it's not right that we didn't tell you know because d and d and hippolyta don't really know what happened to george mm-hmm. and montrose is like yes they do know the sheriff shot him and that's it that's the story yeah and, and he was <laughs> like no he was like it don't feel because he's been there with them he was like no i've watched them mourn and go through the like they need to know the truth well the thing i keep thinking is 
do they really need to know the truth or is tech so guilt-ridden that eventually you do suspect something's up Mm -hmm. you know it's like if somebody because he hung around so long yeah you have a guilty conscience and you're constantly it's like what are you hiding why like it wasn't your fault you took care of this thing for us why what extra is there to this you know i don't think she knows Mm -mm. i just think she knows that how i think it's from him from tick that she knows something's up right she was like it don't feel right you've been just hanging around something is wrong it's something y'all not telling me yeah and i don't even think it's like the length of time he's hanging around but maybe like all the shit he's doing because he feels like responsible and mm-hmm. you know Almost like you're trying to to you're not trying to take his place as far as me you you mm-hmm. just won't hit a, a presence there yeah and just the timing uh you know because take has a guilty conscience so you know i'm sure there could be like things he's saying and doing and stuff so maybe she's just picking up on shit over three weeks mm-hmm. or whatever um and so then um they yeah so the cover story is the sheriff shot him and they don't need to tell hippolyta because my trials is like what are we gonna tell her wizards exist right so she can look at us like we lost yeah, our minds like just well just that there's this whole other fucking world out there that we're gonna send her down we're gonna sound crazy yeah um and then they almost get in a fight about it and tick leaves and it's pretty obvious he can't stay there no because like date when 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 uh montrose slaps the table to be like basically like you know i said what i said tick jumps up as if it's all like in a defensive posture like they're gonna fight again mm-hmm. um and then it says day two don't don't you know <laughs> i love the format of this episode where they broke it down like this at the days um but yeah day two letty's moving in all the negroes all of the negroes all of the negroes all the blacks are moving in okay mm-hmm. all of the blacks yes they are um and one of the dudes moving in i'm pretty sure it's supposed to be james baldwin because mm. or if, if not then it's uh i think there's just a shout out to james baldwin because he said that his dog was named baldwin and his name was james and he asked was she a writer as well and it just feels like that's supposed to be james baldwin mm-hmm. now uh the dude didn't give us the the james baldwin uh acts like particular cadence of speech which is what i would have wanted to see but you know i get it um but so uh and it was like message you know it was like james baldwin uh but ruby is actually rude to james baldwin when he goes to speak to her and uh like i don't care about who you are closing my door people moving in and so then uh letty says something like um well pardon that that's my sister she's just being rude she gets that from her father that's why i say oh they must not have they have different fathers yeah i figured out they did uh another one another uh and ladies taking pictures of everybody as she's walking around the house and one woman wants the basement to be converted into a dance studio but letty says she can't make major changes until the contract is paid up um and that's also a big thing in chicago contract buying so contract buying is basically how they sell a house to black people so in a way that most of the time they never end up being able to pay for it Mm. um because they're not actually it's like uh you're not necessarily buying the house you're buying a you're paying into a contract on the house um and then because of that you can't really you don't really own it until way 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 down the road so you you know it's almost like you're renting a house um but with but paying house payment money 
sometimes much more than what white people pay for the house and many times like most of the time black people were paying more money to rent a house than to than white people were paying to buy a house wow yeah and this is one of the ways that like systemically generational wealth is sapped out of our community right you know and people were well why do black people rent so much now this is why because you know when they wanted to buy it was all these trick all these like hoops you had to go through and most of it was just to keep black people in certain areas of the city so that they could um you know redline them yeah and still to today a lot of times they do it particularly with homeowner association fees like certain neighborhoods it'd be like yeah your homeowner social we're starting at two thousand dollars you'd be like who the fuck is paying two thousand dollars a month for well that's that's different because white people have to pay that yeah this would be like if they said white people live in this house and it's a thousand dollars a month for mortgage right Mm -hmm. black people live in this house is two thousand dollars and it's not for mortgage it's for the contract yeah which means you never own it right the odds of owning it it just takes you a lot longer to own it some people do you know uh ta-nehisi coates um argument for reparations is a it's a very long read but it's really good um he wrote it for the atlantic i believe a long time ago but if you read that he goes into like just one area redlining and house ownership he could have he could have done it from many 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 thousands of different industries but he used this one particularly and that was a big point was like there were people that in there that were like 80 70 like older black people that finally owned their house but they had to stay there and they watched all these other people leave and move on and all that stuff um and also keep in mind white flight was so real that was one of the reasons white people were so violent to black families moving in because once that black family moved in that meant they had to leave the jig was up because white people were so racist it was a status lowering to mm-hmm. be on that block with that black family to be uh on that street with that black family and so you don't want to be the last one out well what this also did was it incentivized and paid like realtors made money off of this Mm -hmm. so white flight was actually um good business to a certain extent because then they went and paid sometimes overpaid to be other places and then you sell those old houses to these black people with these contracts and you're charging them more than what the white people were paying it was really better for them to deal with racist like it was better for them to move one black family in and then basically rent out the block yeah and uh they used to hire black women to walk up and down even if the even if the black man wasn't there mm-hmm. walk up and down the block with like a baby in a stroller and shit mm-hmm. like that just that she wouldn't even be going nowhere she would just literally just walk up and down the block and probably you know go off somewhere get in the car and don't, don't even live there but they don't know that they see a black in the gym and they like oh a black i got to go the threat the the fact that uh fertile black woman was so threatening to white life that they were willing to up in their children schooling their job look all this shit to be like we can't be here anymore so in that atmosphere imagine a boarding house full of negroes moving into one of these white neighborhoods that's not gonna go over well right (laughs) 
<laughs> so the whites were not and having not it. just a family multiple families right this is still day two the whites were not having it but letty is moving in all the negroes uh we meet james baldwin he doesn't have a lot of lines um tick comes in because uh, he's been looking for letty and he went to the boarding house where um ruby was staying that's where letty was staying with her for a while and he said they told her basically told him basically she hit the numbers and she moved to the north side of chicago um and he's like um you know uh i did I, you know good luck basically like i just came uh and she was like well, why'd you come by then uh, oh he also notes she's moving in on sunday when all the white people at church Mm -hmm. so he's like that way they can't try to come stop you that's smart and he says he wanted to check in on her that mean about nine or ten in the morning when you know they done started sunday school and stuff like that and you know you want to be sure you know you're done by 12 you know they got 11 o'clock service Mm -hmm. you know they you get a a smooth you know two three hour block right you got about yeah you can't be this is a mm-hmm. black church you could have started moving in at seven and stopped at nine and would have been fine but it would have been fine but white nah. church Mm-mm, you got a couple Mm-mm. hours got a couple hours and that's if they have sunday school it's a heist okay uh but yeah he says he wanted to check on her and she says he hadn't checked on her since george's funeral but and he was like she was like so what's the like what do you need basically and he's like and it wasn't with an attitude but it sounded like she almost was kind of hurt he had checked on her mm-hmm. um and he was like um i am heading back to florida yeah and it's also made me want to think a lot of that guilt shit like he was like because if i talk to you we're going to go over this we're going to talk about it. like he just did you know for some people that's a lot to deal with mm-hmm. um yeah and they went through that trauma together mm-hmm. so who knows how he feels about it right but he was like yeah so i'm moving back to florida and she was like well we having a housewarming party like tomorrow or whatever don't you want to at least stay for that uh basically i can give you a free room until then and he was like nah i can't really i don't want to do that you know and so they hug and it's like one of them long you know not the side hug just like one of those long like people that's got sexual tension hugs yeah they were they was chest to chest yeah it wasn't creepy it was Mm -hmm. like but like consensually both of them was longing for each other hugs okay mm-hmm. like if one of them would have been like you know stop bullshitting and just go ahead and stay i really like you the other one would be like okay yeah yeah and it was also one of those things where uh he was like yeah i told uh i guess the army whatever the army lingo is their lieutenant or whoever they report to he just said his boss so i yeah. don't yeah yeah he was like i told them i'll be back you know a while yeah. ago a while ago so. a month ago. he said yeah, yeah he said t- said it would be a couple of days that was a month ago right so that's how we know that this has been like three weeks since he since the funeral um and so then out front three white men show up park their cars in front of the house they tie bricks to their steering wheels and make the horns continually go off and just stare at the black people in the house and the police ride by slowly and don't do a goddamn thing and that's when tick says you know what i think i'm gonna stick around a little bit longer you know what i changed my mind a man okay because a lot of blacks would have been like and now that's my cue to leave good luck lady a lot of people would have left her there on her own that's true but y'all got a room full of artists good luck Mm -mm. james baldwin will write something about this come on in the future 
i'm out i love to read what you write james bye i'm on the first thing smoking out of town Mm-mm. that negro was like oh word oh no 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 i got to stay tick said i'm gonna use some of my soldier skills come on um now that so that was a big thing and of course looking at the boarding house what'd you think of the tenants did you notice anything or no like when they were moving in what do you mean they were all like ladies age yeah they were, they were young all, they were all up and coming like they yeah, were yeah like she was moving in a like a cool set of people yeah these wouldn't just know anybody it's like she was moving almost like the movers and the shakers like of the youth like it was probably some activists in yeah, there, there. Was, i mean there was, dance there were writers dancers shit like that like mm-hmm. and they were all around her age which yes. is interesting because the vision she sold to ruby was this idea of like i'm gonna help black people i'm gonna help the black community i'm gonna move all these people in but it was also like you're moving in all the partiers you're moving all the it's like almost like black college you're moving in all the cool people yes so then day five don't don't uh a white person puts down a we are a white community all undesirables must go sign in their front yard yeah they might as well put i voted for donald trump make where, america great again where they get that sign made so fast i mean they must have really turned around on that mm-hmm. i mean three days back yeah, then yeah. they didn't have kinkos Mm-mm. they had yeah they had the black holes some some somebody made that sign for them i guess they will uh they never show the neighbors faces in these scenes and i love that like they just always show like a random white person now i don't know how much they got paid for these parts in the movie but shout out to these random white people whose hands and bodies and backs we saw Mm -hmm. they got paid yep yep you're gonna pay me for my image too i know they motherfucking um (laughs) what's that what's that uh thing called the the neighborhood app or whatever (laughs) like i know (laughs) i know i know that shit was off the hook oh, what, boy what, what did you have the neighborhood app everybody next door that's next what it door. is i know yes. that next door chats was, was off lit. the hook boy i know it have been these goddamn. i did you see this did you see one the of them got a damn dog like i know they would have been suspicious black man i know that all the ah, all the phrase words all the fucking um uh, door cams and and shit all, all the rings would have been going all off the, all the ring videos they, they that have been reposting shit saw a black man look like he was ch- taking a dog on a leash or something i don't know i don't know he looked like he should be on a leash yeah it sounds like something was up with that it's just putting this video up in case anyone sees anything suspicious um i think he stole from amazon they left packages on his door and he took them in his house <laughs> right <laughs> just let just signal boosting in case anybody's seen anything uh but yeah so then um uh they put down that sign meanwhile in letty's room we get our first real spooky sighting um a dismembered hand of a black like a dismembered black hand pulls the sheets off of letty slowly as she's sleeping in her bed right at first i didn't realize that her sheets just started moving i'm like the hell is this right and i think i've said nope because <laughs> that would have been it that would have been the end of the episode if it was starring rod oh yeah because she didn't know but it was one of those things where i was like oh bitch your sheets moving and 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 it's just a hand and the hell is this and at the edge of the bed peering over almost like a child was this black woman who you could just see like the top of her face 
and of course letty's laying there asleep she can't see her nope, she can't she's see got it. her eyes closed and mm-hmm. this one and she's just staring at letty and then as the woman rises we see the bottom half of her face is mutilated her mouth is real fucked up yep and i and that's you know for me i was like okay it's gonna be what no did we gonna be doing this okay yeah it's so interesting because it's it's so weird i don't find this show as scary as so many people seem to find it in those moments that shit don't scare me the white racism shit scares the fuck out of me because that could happen yes yes like yes, like yes, a yes. tentacle monster don't exist that's not a thing no it's not but a motherfucking white person with a bat that's a, that could happen that's today a, that's a thing like that one is still happening right now you know police and so anyway we'll get to we'll get to where i got scared but <laughs> I, I like it and it was so early in the episode i was like yeah nothing's gonna happen to letty right now so i i wasn't scared by that it was just one of those like shock like one of the like look at her face oh my god like that moment mm-hmm. um but then um she uh she wakes up because of the car horn she was she has went to sleep with her window open and i guess what must happen is they must stop the horns at night so the neighborhood can go to sleep and then hit it first thing in the morning i thought they just stayed on all the time i know but that wouldn't make sense because how was why would they wake her up now you see what i'm saying like i think the horn they must do this thing where they like turn the horns off for some period of time and then just turn them on long periods of time when everybody's up to just drive them crazy oh okay i like i said because white people crazy i just thought it was just they just kept them on everybody was like look y'all just got to deal with this until we run these negroes out they just own what it went because the the um oh you know what though i think this one they broke the furnace so actually no she gets up because it's hot and goes to yes. open the window and then she hears the car horn yes so that's yeah. why i thought yeah you're right they must have always just had them on yeah that's what the purpose of the bricks to yeah. just to just make it lay on the horn i don't yeah. think they turned them off yeah that makes sense which is crazy because how racist do you have to be for you to not be able to sleep because of the horns because it's not they, like the noise only goes to the black house if you live across the street if you live next they door whatever. you also are experiencing the noise pollution from the racism they don't care whatever it takes to get these negroes out of here i know they don't care i'm just talking about how racist you got to be yes think oh, about oh, they're committed that, to the cause think about being that racist is what i'm trying to say to the audience and to you absorb that for a second okay think about being that fucking racist that you would yeah. take your car tie I'm, a brick to it i'm not that committed I, I don't even know that i hate anyone that much me either that i, I would, was like that i would go ruin some other shit that i would ruin my shit for I them i ruin my good night of sleep i can't even imagine that that's so Bitch, crazy no. to me you can have a house yeah wow anyway white people crazy come on uh so then she goes down to the basement because it's so hot that's why she opened up the window because mm-hmm. it was so hot she goes and down and then she the, hears the horn and then she's like fuck this goddamn horn right she opens up the window she hears the horn then she looks down at the radiator in her room and it's fucking steaming so then she goes downstairs and she has to turn the boiler or, or whatever they call that down the mm-hmm. furnace she has to turn it down and keep in mind it don't like it's cold part of, it was a cold time in chicago so somebody was just basically trying to burn like just like it would make no sense that that heater would be that hot uh on purpose so i mean you know not on purpose so they go she goes downstairs and uses some tools to basically lower the furnace but it sounds like someone's trying to like smoke them out of the house yeah yeah the first thing i thought that's them goddamn ghosts 
oh karen thought it was a ghost okay i did i didn't i didn't think that was a person i was like oh the same person is pulling sheets is fucking with your furnace baby Mm -hmm. um so then while she's down there um we do hear some banging coming from the deep dark recesses of the basement and she follows the sounds past a bunch of cobwebs and a science mannequin like they have in classrooms when you know when they want to teach you about the human body back in the back in the day i don't know if they still have those but um and then she hears she finds a door on the floor that is doing all this banging like something's trying to get out Mm -hmm. and she screams and runs upstairs and gets tick smart because she would have been further than me i'd have walked down there turned that shit off and be like okay i guess i'll be i would i don't even go in the attic of my mama's house and mm. i know bitch ain't nothing up there but i was well you did go up there once yeah i went up, and i learned my lesson fell through the roof and i was like bitch what am i hell i'm up here for no so then she goes to um she goes back down with tick and they basically find a empty room like a secret room beneath the basement um and he goes well maybe it was the wind and she was like and she was like no i heard voices and i love this moment because he's like i believe you because you know yeah, they done been through so much shit not just that but it sounded kind of crazy but yeah like he could have been you know uh you sure because i don't see nobody down here clearly ain't nobody down here but he was like i believe you after everything we went through in artem you know who knows and plus you got these crazy white people they could be the one fucking with the bro with the with the heater trying to like smoke y'all out we know they're using the horns and these are the same tactics tactics we use in korea but he when she asked how he doesn't go into what they use those tactics for in the war but that they did use these tactics noise and heat to to do something to the enemy yeah they probably fuck with their minds um you know just because you're exhausted you can't rest you know you're not thinking straight you know and also it's very important i'll just say that she got tick because she knew tick would be the only person that would nobody else would have believed her so she went and got the one person that would be like i believe you if she'd have got any other man or any other person they'd be like you crazy yeah so then he says he's gonna nail the windows down in the basement and he's gonna start keeping watch at night and she holds his hand and then he lets it go mm-hmm. um and it's that kind of thing where i'm like is this gonna be like moonlight where it i think a moonlighting the the bruce willis show where it's just like they're just it's gonna be will they won't they for the whole fucking series like what is going on it's clearly they got chemistry and i know he feels guilty and they have trauma and stuff yeah but they keep having these moments where like they it's like are they gonna kiss it's like he don't know how to process it right and uh so he also looks he just like basically changes the subject to say you know this will make a great dark room because she's a photographer Mm -hmm. and then we go day eight don't do uh they're throwing a party the housewoman party and this is a big ass party y'all yeah everyone's and i said now see tonight the whites are gonna be extra salty come on because the the random white folks were sitting out there going these negroes yeah like because it was loud yes they had a live band ruby was singing they was partying they was having a ball like this was probably the worst thing they could have done for to to these whites you know because they was mad at them for just being over there breathing 
so now they over there like having black joy and shit come on mm-hmm. they was over there house party get funky raise roof come on they were and then the white people was over there like that dude in uh belly when he's like i don't like this shit <laughs> yes they ain't like it drop a dime on these niggas like um so then um we got some like little black easter eggs here uh some people was talking about mlk some gossip was going on they were spilling the tea on mlk right okay no white women a lot of people don't know these this is the origin of lipstick alley okay come on those women were the great 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 ancestors they did have lipstick on uh, the lipstick alley uh message board they was they had all the tea okay all of it uh so yeah they got some there was some gossip about mlk but they were like you know his name used to be michael but now he's going by martin mm-hmm and it was like well ain't he dating a white woman it's like mm-mm, they made him marry a black woman uh and uh that's when letty goes loving a white woman doesn't mean you can't stand up for color folks i guess um and so that was the origins of of tea spilling apparently um now what is interesting about this is that is real martin mm-hmm. luther king's name was uh was like michael king for a long time uh oh, even on his that. yeah even on his birth certificate uh until he was 28 and then he changed it to martin luther king jr um the name michael was crossed out next to which someone printed carefully in black ink martin luther king jr um yeah there's a podcast i think retropod where they have a story the story of how this happened and stuff um but yeah in 1934 when his father uh who was then known as reverend michael king or ml king was a senior pastor of ebenezer baptist church and a prominent minister in atlanta in the summer 1934 king's church sent him to on a world world whirlwind trip he traveled to rome tunisia egypt jerusalem and bethlehem before setting sail to berlin where he would attend a baptist world alliance meeting according to the martin luther king jr research education institute of stanford university the trip to germany historians say had a profound effect on the elder king king arrived in berlin a year after adolf hitler became chancellor during his trip the senior king toured the country where in 1517 the german monk and theologian martin luther had nailed his 95 theses to the door of the wittenberg castle church challenging the catholic church the act would lead to the protestant reformation the revolution that would split western christianity so he was so inspired by martin luther that he was like i'm gonna be martin luther king Mm. and then his son followed suit um so yeah that that's that's wild um and that's so yeah they really did and then and of course uh the other thing i think we've covered on the show before martin luther king was in love with a white woman um or at least dating her seriously um and then he ended up getting uh married to coretta scott king and still sleeping with white women sometimes so uh they didn't bring that part up but Mm -mm. i'm sure they was about to was stay in that room a little longer come on girl i heard he's still messing with the white women that kettle was brewing Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm they were just about to dip their tea bag one more time girl you ain't heard it from me but uh i heard it from me okay anonymously uh (laughs) so that was all real um and then uh ruby was singing and they have a live band and 
a dude the dude from the bar in episode one that tick didn't like that was like oh yeah you my charles boy uh tick you know boy you had them coke bottle glasses you know one of them people yeah, she was walking around i'm assuming with a pitcher of alcohol yeah she was passing out some uh she was basically running a damn juke joint in there come on passing out alcohol and shit i don't know if she this was during, giving everybody moonshine i don't know if this is during prohibition or not but she was passing out alcohol and shit and um i was shocked the cop they didn't call the cops on her for having a party come on um but yeah she was passing out alcohol and this dude was kind of clocking her uh and you know looked like he was trying to get her attention but she you know she was just oblivious to him but i just remember him from the first episode and that tick don't like him mm-hmm. um and so then um hippolyta comes to the party she's at the party and she's giving away food uh basically food that people a lot of people gave her a lot of food during her time of grief so she's like it's good just to be getting rid of this food and i bet she had tons of it too she also because mm-hmm. the husband was like well loved and so you know a lot of people use the book and things like that she's probably getting food for weeks she also drags tick for filth uh by saying he'd be eating too much and getting on her nerves and letty was like you know she's like you know and then he left the cup that upside down i mean downside up instead of upside down and letty goes um does he remind you too much of george and she's like no i'm just i'm just being foolish and i was like man maybe that is it that he reminds her too much of his presence you know it's almost like he's trying to help but it's making her miss george more mm-hmm. um it's like it would be better if he wasn't there rather than being there and being a pale imitation of the of what she come accustomed to with this man agreed uh downstairs d and the kids because uh you know kids be at the party but they can't be up there with the drinking and dancing and cavorting and playing the cards and dice Mm-mm. and dominoes whatever else that them adults was doing so they doing what all young kids did before video games playing ouija board apparently yep it was a thing apparently it was i didn't know black kids play with this mm-hmm. we don't play with them demons but not hippolyta hippolyta and her kid i mean not d and her uh, friends um now this i only know because of black twitter i don't know how the fuck they know the shit like i'm assuming they know because they fucking like i don't know they got an episode guide someone told them i don't know i wouldn't have picked up on this but one of the little boys asked the ouija board am i gonna have a good time on my trip and the boy says no that boy that boy is wearing the same tie as emmett till the Mm the um kid who was killed for quote unquote whistling at a white woman mm-hmm. um on a trip and he was from chicago um so this this party has emmett till at it and james baldwin's there you know mm-hmm. and uh you know according to black twitter they were saying they call him um his nickname bobo yeah yeah so like something like that that takes so much that's such a like they put so much detail into that mm-hmm. and like, like you would have to actually know know that yeah i would not have picked that that's the kind mm-hmm. of thing i'll pick up on like my 75th watching three years from now and uh, uh, these other motherfuckers picked it up right away so uh another kid named gil uh asked uh who are they talking to and the board oh because they're like you know ask the board another question and gil asked now i don't know if this is gil scott heron who knows because this fucking show i mean everybody was playing like every time they say somebody's name it's a famous black person i don't know uh but yeah so gil asked is the board um who are we talking to 
and the board answers and this time it's like it's being possessed and it really is answering on its own and it answers george is dead and d of course jumps up from the table and takes it very personal and because her father is george and this is she thinks they've like they think this is funny yeah and they're like nah we really didn't do this and she flips the board over and calls them assholes and leaves um but the kids swear it moved by itself meanwhile hippolyta goes to look for d upstairs because you know her mama sense was tingling like where you at being fast what you doing in this attic but she goes looking she she doesn't see her in there but a door in the background opens and she goes into this room and there's this golden planetary like solar system looking apparatus that she touches and then it the scene cuts away and we don't really get to see like her interact with it but we do know from from the episodes one and two she's a stargazer and she's big into astronomy so if this is some sort of tool and it's falling into her hands or or she's taking a liking to it she's clearly the one to have it right yes and uh we'll probably end up fine we may you know see what happened to her in that room because nobody knows mm-hmm. uh or either we might turn around and see she has it she has that particular thing in her house because at that particular time when she walked in that room I was like oh shit the door gonna close behind you but that's just where my mind went yeah the thing i kept thinking is the way that things are have unfolding with hippolyta if they freeze her out or she feels like something happened with george and we know like uh she's gonna have this like if she can have this tool or know how to work it or something or they need her as an ally they may be setting her up to be like an enemy because of how they're freezing her out and then she might take it personal that they didn't tell her the truth um yeah i I, I think she's going to find out uh because like i said because she's inquisitive she she's not a normal quote-unquote housewife she wants to do shit you know she don't mind having kids and being at home but you can tell it bothered her not to be out and about and doing these great things with her husband and so her husband's gone and she's like i don't feel like you guys are telling me everything that i need to know and like you say it is going to be a problem and she's going to be very 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 angry because i don't think they're going to tell her i think she's going to fuck around and stumble on it on her own which is going to make her even matter possibly like i said i don't know if they can bring her into the fold at some point because it could get to a point where they get stumped on something and like hey use this thing for us tell you know we got to let you in on what happened you know um but yeah it just seemed like they're setting it up for her not and by them i don't mean the tv show but the characters and their actions and freezing her out seems to be very Mm short-sighted because she's you can tell that she's determined that she's going to find the truth just by the question Mm -hmm. that she's asked well we'll get to that part because we haven't talked about that yet but you know just just she's kind of fed up with tig Mm -hmm. you know so um anyway tick comes into the party in full military uniform and he sees letty dancing with some dude and the dude from the first episode that been getting on tick's nerves asked too many questions like uh where you been outside and he he was like yeah just wanting to see like just watching guard of the house he's like oh you want to see a military man live here that's smart that's smart 
Uh, and I'm thinking, you know, white people don't really respect nothing. Mm-mm. So even if they see a veteran soldier, a black man, they 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 don't, they don't respect care. their rights either. They shoot you like they will everybody else. Mm-hmm. I don't care nothing about you serving this country. Yeah, black trumps everything. everything. Like you're black, that then I don't have to respect your rights. It doesn't matter if you're in the military or not. I'm white, and that I don't even have to serve in the military. But Tig also does wonder if those dudes have served in the military that um had those horns on the car and all that shit too. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. So yeah, he's been standing outside guarding the house, but he comes in for a beer or whatever, and um he the, really looked like this dude is annoying the hell out of him they have some history don't know what happened but something happened and he is annoying because the dude brings up like you know uh you you know rumor has it you've been staying here rent free you uh you know you messing with letty you know because she this her house and you don't want to stay rent free i'm like mind your fucking business but you know tick doesn't say much of anything to the dude and he's like because you know we used me and letty used to tussle back in the day and i'm feeling nostalgic tonight and uh tick kind of looks like shut the fuck up and then the dude is like well all right i see play i see my bad i'm not gonna you know <laughs> but you better do something and let her know before you lose your woman and then he looks on the floor and she's dancing with this dude real hot and heavy it's mm-hmm. real sexy and letty sees tick watching her from across the room like jerry farwell jr wearing speedos come on and she's dancing with this dude and uh you know she goes to the bathroom to like freshen up and in the mirror we see a mutilated black ghost looking at her but she can't see it Mm -mm. and then uh and it's only there for a second but then the mirror then they kind of pan over and at the door tick is standing in the doorway in his full military uniform and uh she's like oh hey tick what you doing here and he comes in and they just start kissing and then they they smash on the bathroom counter mm-hmm. all up on the sink smash their cakes the colored section smithereens okay <laughs> the black section only mm-hmm gave it them silver rights rounds um actually it was actually come on get this colored penis other than seeing like you know uh jonathan mayer's butt myers butt mm-hmm. it was not necessarily a great sex scene because it was quick it was like it was like one of those like i've been wanting to have sex with you for so long and and i've been wanting to let you and then they both just have sex for about three seconds because you know the party's downstairs and they ain't really supposed to be up here doing all this right let's do a quickie yeah it wasn't no this is like just some like pure animalistic sex and they had sex real quick and then he sees when he goes to like wash up that she's bleeding Mm -hmm. and she said that she's on her monthly and yeah she didn't realize it started yeah and he goes it's not a big deal like it's like it's okay you know like he basically he didn't want her to feel like bad or nasty or dirty he's like no it's fine um and she's like okay well i'm gonna see you downstairs and he's like yeah but after he leaves she gets emotional and cries Mm -hmm. uh then later we cut to downstairs and ruby is playing cards or spades with some blacks talking about how she gonna get this job at marshall fields and how if more colored people felt like her then the race would be further along you know getting these good jobs and you know uh long you know just a great descendant of black capitalists everywhere okay 
a lot of people don't know uh she's uh jay-z's great great ancestor but she's like uh while she's talking about this outside they see someone is burned across and they're running off and tick apparently was too busy to he was inside now recovering from the sex so he wasn't able to watch staying guard so mm-hmm. nobody was watching to see these white people start burning this cross the second he wasn't paying no attention right and so what i liked about this is letty was shocked and kind of pushed put her back and her face goes blank and then like she just snaps to action like she gets a bat named uh hot sauce or lemonade come or something. on and she's just fed up and i love how they got in formation all the brothers they went and got shotguns and about three or four of them followed her outside and then she broke the windows to the cars knocked the bricks off of the horns yeah she was like i am tired of y'all bullshit these horns been fucking going off for days fuck y'all right and we know that letty is pretty militant you know um and light-skinned people always the most militant always the most militant i love the way this was shot her in that dress and just moving around and like uh doing the straps like just like fuck it you know i you know i'm gonna cover these titties up but y'all y'all fuck y'all in these cars and these bricks yeah only thing missing was her skipping with the bat and being like hold up they don't love you like Come i love on. you slow down they don't love you like i love <laughs> like that's all we think that was missing <laughs> back up smash you don't love me like <laughs> but yeah so she fucked up them uh she hopped up out the bed and fucked up them cars and i loved it because it was so organized jealous are crazy jealous are crazy <laughs> everything got into everyone got into formation so easily because like the brothers had the guns and had her back ruby went and got her car she first she asked was d there then she went and got her car she drives off after the, all the cars have been busted they put they tossed the bat back towards the um towards the house and then they put the guns the shotguns in the back of the trunk of ruby's car and ruby drives off before the police get there a gangster mm-hmm. let's get information i loved it um and then they put their hands up and they get on their knees because they know the police are there are coming mm-hmm. um and so they um ar- they get a- they get ready to get arrested but it looks like they only arrest letty um which i don't know if it's because she's the one that busted up the car she's the owner and, right or because she owns the house but mm-hmm. that's who they arrest now the cop in the wagon it, there's three cops two driving and then one in the back of the wagon with letty who's handcuffed Mm-hmm. and um and i also noticed they gave letty a jacket uh like tick gave her a jacket or something like that mm-hmm. before the cops pulled up but yeah so this white cop is in the background back of the um of the wagon with her all alone and he's like which what group you part of the monkey urban league or the national association for the advancement of cockroaches and he's like pleased with himself and she's almost smiling at how stupid his ass is yes that do make sense and he says he's got a lot of complaints about her from her neighbors and she was like well you get any of the 21 complaints i sent on my neighbors for harassing me and he's like fellas we getting any complaints they're like none i remember and he's like anything strange has happened in your house and she was like she doesn't say anything and then he says um basically who told you to buy the winthrop house 
now um i had to go back in the first episode when i was rewatching, but winthrop was one of the names in the frame of like um in that house of what was the code of adam whatever they were the mm-hmm. sun you know the code of the sons or some of the, the, the sons of dawn whatever the white folks called um sons of adam i think something yeah, like that. yeah so he uh one of the names next to um the braithwaite name was something winthrop so you know maybe this does go back all the way to that cult right uh but it's like who told you to buy the winthrop house and she doesn't really answer and um he's basically like we're gonna get some answers out of your ass um and ends up giving her a rough ride which is what killed freddie gray um and you know i'm sure it's traumatizing for people as well but mm-hmm. like i said this is the shit that scares me because this happens mm-hmm. ghosts coming out of the mirror okay yeah oh no they don't have no teeth <laughs> fucking <laughs> a cop rough riding somebody and killing them can happen and so mm-hmm. this shit fucked me up when he grabbed like that strap and she didn't have a strap on her side yeah i was like we grabbing the strap i like i don't know why i didn't i didn't think that's what they were gonna do and then to see in the car like the special effects of her slamming from one side slam to the other and her face is bleeding and bruised and shit and he's basically like you know tell us who you know who sold you the house we can do this all night how can you afford to pay the mortgage on this house um and he's like you know what it don't even matter we found the body parts of eight niggers buried in the room below the basement so if history is any indication you won't last long in that house at all and i thought to myself i bet that officer thinks he's not racist no nobody is <laughs> he, even he's I like don't have a racist bone in listen my body. i can't believe i got fired for that i will vote for obama again some of my best friends are black uh day nine is when letitia goes letitia does her research uh she goes down to the dark room to develop some photos she notices there are lines in all the photos puts them together on the floor forming a puzzle that turns into a face that then becomes like a weird kind of sentient ghost spirit and tells her get out of my house and then it talks with so much force it pushes her into the steps mm-hmm. and she runs up the stairs and looks at all the pictures on the wall and er- and then while she's up there we see everyone's moving the fuck out mm-hmm all the black people gone and uh ruby is hounding her about it like yo everybody leaving because you fucked up them cars and now they're like why you had to push it like the white people are definitely gonna retaliate now right we don't want to be here when they do right which is interesting because once again like i said the light-skinned woman is the one that's the more like militant and the one it's like letty comes out of a different era because mm-hmm. for you know for us now we're like yeah i would do that fuck the white people but f- back then it was like that's a death sentence come on so everyone moves out um and she's like it's okay because she's kind of distracted she's looking through these photos looking for clues to see like if this house is haunted what's wrong with it because at this point she knows something in this house right and it wants me out and so she's looking through the pictures she took in the house to see what other clues she can find because the pictures she developed in the dark room were taken in the house and those are the ones that formed that face so then uh she's so distracted looking for clues that when ruby's like we're gonna run out of money if we don't have borders we need to fix this and letty's like 
i still got the money that mama gave me and she's like what money mama didn't leave no money mama was mama broke. was broke and she was like well it was a surprise to me too and she left all this money to me and she left this note and that's when i wonder if that voice we heard at the beginning of the episode was a the the note to letty when the money was given to her uh from her uh dead mom or whatever if that's where i what that voiceover was from i don't know possibility but it made me think that right mm-hmm. we'll get to that later um uh, that's a very important note but um so then uh she gets this you know she's like okay uh her sister's like what the fuck like i'm betrayed you know what i mean like you you know you didn't go to mama's funeral um you know and letty's like i'm just tired i'm tired of trying to figure out what the fuck mom wants she was fucked up she was selfish i don't know what why she gave me this money what this means but you know i basically decided to use it to do some good and i didn't want to tell you because i knew it was gonna hurt you uh and ruby's like basically i feel betrayed because you know you should have took that money regardless of her wishes and split it between me and marvin and you um because that's the right thing to do and this whole thing about us being sisters for the first time is bullshit you you know for whatever reason your guilty conscience or something you chose to to get this house but then you moved all your fucking artist friends in here uh like so it's not even like you really helping the black community you just helping the people that you kick it with already um and she was like you know and i've given you money so much over your course of your life to help you out and i was giving you money you don't even go by your mama's last name i've been giving you money uh but now here i am the fool thinking all these years i've been sending you money and you were just a fuck up because you were just a fuck up but really you're just fucked up and then she leaves so that was a pretty big pretty big fight there yeah because she was angry and hurt uh and the thing is everybody's relationship with parents are different and you know ruby and the brother's relationship with the mom might be a completely different relationship than letty's like completely mm-hmm. different because it sounds like they're much older and it sounds like letty was actually just her and the mom mm-hmm. versus they may have had each other the older two may have actually been there with each other and people change so the mom that they knew might not be the mom that letty knew right um so that's that's you know that'll come back up later though and then at safe negro travels the store that um george used to run montrose mm-hmm. shows up and he's gonna help d with her swing keep in mind he was told this day one it is now day nine or day eight or something like that right <laughs> so he's gonna help d with her swing and hippolyta's getting out of a car she's got some groceries he takes them in to carry them forward they fall out of the bag and one of the things that spills out is a new copy of bram stoker bram stoker's jack dracula mm-hmm. and he's like this is uh this is george's favorite book and she was like yeah the other copy i spilled some coffee on it or something but we know she told that bitch apart right and so then uh she basically tells him she don't believe that she knows everything about george's death and that they holding something back and that tick been around the house uh acting strange and she knows that they yeah, like you said she picked up on the odd behavior yeah she's like y'all told me y'all took care of the sheriff and i'm not gonna ask for the details of what happened but i know so y'all holding something back 
and uh it, it like i said i don't think she knows it exacts but she know enough to know her nephew and when he lying day 10 don't don't uh tick meets letty in a bar letty has put together the whole haunted house plot her her one single self is the whole scooby-doo gang before google before the internet this woman has went and microfished all this shit yes she did she put this together she um, had to go to old school she had to fuck around and use the real dictionary and once again i just love tick he's like well walk me through it instead of like because she's like the house is haunted and he sits down like okay well walk me through it it's as opposed to haunted get the hell out of here Mm-mm. so she talks about the realtor being cagey about the winthrop house yeah like it's like he the type he's the person that basically put on a ring follow the follow the woman through the same path she ran so he's gonna be the person that goes okay I, yes on it the realtor's name was jerome j jackson jj for short <laughs> um and uh she was like you know and he was a black realtor which like i said i don't think existed at the time for selling in white neighborhoods but you know clearly he had there was more going on there the last owner of the house was a man named Hiram Epstein, who was a scientist at the University of Chicago, but then he got fired for experimenting on humans. The blacks. They don't say what race, but just humans. Uh, he is fired for that unethical shit. But then she tells him about the eight bodies found in her basement, which were blacks. Which, hmm, if you're looking for people to experiment on, and you want people society don't care about it won't go looking for right uh she also found out that that cop and Hiram knew each other from a picture they took together and that was in the paper and then the cop she figures was the one supplying epstein with test subjects by abducting black people and bringing them to him for him to do his experiments mm-hmm. which would make the most sense then she shows uh then she shows tick pictures of uh, that she took from the house and how there's the faces of these black people are in these pictures kind of superimposed on the pictures of the, on the faces of the black people who she actually took pictures of mm-hmm. so the missing people are in the pictures right all the eight the eight of them or whatever and she went and found the miss the articles about missing black people and basically just could tell like this one is this person and this one is that person she remembered their names and the stories and all that stuff um and so tick says all right cool so then time to move out (laughs) i mean come on he was like the house is haunted this is the point where uncle george would tell us that those ghosts aren't gonna rest until we join them on the other side and that's why we move the fuck out let somebody else take care time to move out nigga like they got to this point in the episode way faster than white people this would have been a whole season of a whole ass season american horror some shit and this was just you know 50 minutes into this one it was like okay so we moving out but she was like um like she pauses for a second she basically that's when she reveals to him that the reason she was bleeding at the party is because she was a virgin Mm -hmm. and that that was her first time at the housewarming and he feels terrible because yes i think it you know tick's kind of a gentleman Mm -hmm. chivalrous type where if he would have known that he He would have the interaction would have been different yeah he would have probably tried to make it like more romantic and all that type of stuff yeah and i do think if he would have known that he wouldn't have done it there like that yeah exactly Mm -hmm. um 
and it made me think back to that dude who said you know we used to tussle back in the day you lying on your dick ass nigga no one the chick don't like your ass he was lying worst type of niggas by the way but um because he knew what he was implying yes i'm feeling nostalgic fuck out of here um so then um she says to him like yo i don't regret it so a matter of fact i needed it and she was like i just need to feel something because after george died and at artem she she also died mm-hmm. and she was like ever since she came back she feel like a ghost she yeah. feel like she something's don't, wrong yeah something's missing and you know i've tried church and that's what brought me back to that church scene okay yeah. that's why i didn't think it was the funeral right so she's been attending yeah, yeah she's like she don't feel nothing you know and so she's like you know i'm trying all this shit and it's just nothing's working and that's one of the reasons that i'm even doing this pioneer shit and trying to move into this neighborhood and pushing the envelope is because i've died once already and i'm not gonna live my life scared and even if i am scared i'm gonna fight through it and there's the world doesn't work the way that i thought this world worked there's this magic and all this shit and now i'm gonna stake my claim in this new world like i i i love that speech she gave yeah she was like what's gonna happen bitch i'm gonna die again i was already dead so then they bring a priestess over to the house who has a goat and she slices the goat's throat on the front step and pours the blood into a a bowl um Mm -hmm. and white people just was looking out the window disgusted i was like oh they i know they was like the hell is this yeah clearly she went and found azalea banks old relative and said listen we got to get the spirits up out of my crib um and so then they they basically uh after they cut um the throat of the um of the of the of the goat or whatever um the priestess takes the blood um um of the goat and then like makes signs on the doors and on their heads and says it's basically like a seal of protection mm-hmm. uh because when i start trying to purge these go these ghosts they gonna want they gonna want to smoke they gonna want the smoke yeah and if you don't have this you might get got right so then in the uh they get to the basement of course because she's like are we just gonna go through the house till i feel the presence of the ghost and like you know what a ghost is so they get to the basement and they start holding hands and doing her exorcism ritual to get the ghost up out of there meanwhile upstairs the whites have had enough mm-hmm. okay goats in the front yard no this is enough the negroes must go they get back had enough mm-hmm they say well i never they get bats and they break into the house and they are looking for negroes to beat up with bats I was like, oh this is not gonna end well for them um right meanwhile a ritual's going on downstairs that is purging the ghost and waking up the spirits and i'm like y'all white people don't know what you just walked into Mm-mm. they downstairs cr- chanting creole holding hands and everything is shaking and it's moving and floating and shit the ghost start haunting the white men upstairs and one ghost it was it was like it had a huge body and a basketball jersey on but it had a baby for a head it was crying mm-hmm. and i said oh my god it's dwight howard i can't believe he was in this show no i think that for me i thought that dude did some fucked up experiments yeah i don't know what that was but then um they basically the ghost scares the white dudes into the furnace and that burns them to death and another white man looks into the elevator shaft and the elevator beheads him yes because it's also one of those things too where they was like i hear voices i was like you don't hear no negro voices but they don't know that 
um i didn't know what i yeah they yeah because that's yeah, why they went to those they busted rooms. in the room thinking they were gonna beat some black people up but it didn't happen meanwhile the ritual seems to be over and it's like oh the spirits is gone but then the sprinkler system goes off which wipes the the marks of protection off their foreheads right and the ghost goes to town okay it stars poltergeisting everybody first that shit slammed the priests around like i thought she was dead it gave her a rough ride yeah it did in the basement it slammed her up and down against the ceiling and then lady tried to go help her and then the priestess was possessed and it slammed it pushed her to the side and then um tick came down to like get the save letty and the priestess possessed spirit by the spirit jack tick up against the wall like damon waynes when don lewis was on a period and i'm gonna get you sucker <laughs> Cramps. like it was come on that's how that's how you be feeling though ah, ah! i wasn't screaming i was saying ah come get this bitch off me uh but yeah he uh that shit fucked him up and Letitia starts calling out the names of the missing negroes betsy philip lucy jasper anarka rufus grover and olivia and she's like imploring them to join her and to help cast this evil spirit out of the house and because that spirit um takes over tick and when it takes over tick he starts being like get the fuck out of my house bitch get the fuck out of my house and this was black acting school yes it was because uh journey smollett and jonathan myers were going back and forth and him with the spirit in him and telling her to get out of his house and shaking his shit and then her with uh you know like bringing the spirits to her and the water still coming down from the sprinkler system yeah, they started coming out the walls and stuff and they were mutilated and they were oh they were so fucked up and they join her and they hold hands and they're doing this ritual and they're repeating the creole meanwhile the priestess is knocked the fuck out mm-hmm. um and they and then they basically ward the spirit out of uh tick and now it's just a white spirit the white ghost man standing there like with a lab coat on so we i think that's hiram epstein the mm-hmm. the 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 surgeon the doctor and so it's just sitting there with the spirit or whatever and um as they're repeating the 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 creole over and over you see the the go the the black ghosts go from mutilated back to their original forms yeah and they started healing and the thing is what i realized as they started going from from the mutilated parts to being whole again where they look like people they were actually killing people the way they died uh because one of them head would decapitate i was like oh yeah that's why he decapitated mm-hmm. that dude's head like like the way mm-hmm. that they died they were going around and killing those maybe people maybe i, I the mean the way that they died i don't know though because i don't think that dude was just like putting them in the elevator i think no. he was doing like experiments on them and so two of them died from first of all eight of them died mm-hmm. two of them died from the same thing the steam from the radiator you see what i'm saying yes so i don't know if did two of them die from steam i don't know that they killed them the exact way they died but there was one ghost that had his head that looked like when the other one when that white man got decapitated by the elevator mm-hmm. so I, but i don't know that that's enough to say that the ghosts were purposely killing them the way they died yeah i i just made that correlation because we don't know how all of them died right. so some of them may have died that particular way but i mean 
i'm not saying you're wrong i just don't know that we know that from what happened that's that's true that's you my assumption yeah like one of them definitely looked like that motherfucker that got decapitated mm-hmm. but then other ones had pipes sticking out of them and shit mm-hmm. and they clearly yeah. didn't kill you know what that, i mean yeah that's just from the mutilation the baby head one i don't know what that was yeah they you know may have I mean? did that part after that person that died yeah so i don't know i just you know i just don't want to let these niggas writing up here karen that's all that's all i don't want them writing up their life oh i I don't know i'm just guessing yeah um but uh <laughs> but yeah so but they was fucking them up but then they you could see them heal um and become back to their like more human original forms mm-hmm. and uh eventually cast the um white doctor out of the house and all the spirits left the house and this was journey smollett acting so good it gave me chills the mm-hmm. second time i watched it too mm-hmm. still got chill and she goes and when she ends it with get the fuck out of my house and then the spirit disappears yeah and on the low you could tell it took something out of her because if you look she her skin changed she got smaller and thinner like you could gradually almost see it taking almost out of her body out of her physical body yeah i wonder if uh maybe i don't know if that helped heal her from the death experience that she had or not you know maybe it'll come up but then um later we see a uh it's been time has passed or whatever and a journalist black woman journalist is uh interviewing her in the house now she's showing the house to this reporter and this time you see the families that have moved in their families children like so it's not a boarding house of just cool you know cool jazz hip cats writers and artists it's actually like the black community different types of people yes and to me and when they changed she still looked smaller she still didn't look like her full like her fuller self i could be like oh, okay she's whatever it took out of her it her body hadn't recovered yet hmm. like like she, okay. she actually didn't look the same to me okay i i'm not in front i didn't notice that um but maybe that maybe that'll come back up if that's a thing where she lost something in that ritual or whatever but uh yeah see um so then um she ends up uh talking to this reporter and um basically saying she's helping out black people and stuff the elevator works now yeah oh. she was like shout out to my sister yes yeah had to cuss out and leave she said it was her sister's who inspired her to do this and help the like to help people mm-hmm. you know picking taking that criticism mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying trying to trying to learn from it you know getting better constructive criticism um so then um the uh, the reporter asked like off the record have you heard about the three missing white men and she just basically says no i haven't heard that rumor and mm-hmm. and i don't think she even knew i don't know i don't know because then the elevator takes it goes all the way down to the first floor and then it goes below the first floor and then it goes below the basement and the elevator opens into a cave which is clearly not on the fucking floor plan and the three bodies of the white men are there in front of the elevator along with eight skeletons that i assume or nine skeletons i assume i think it might be eight but that are the the ghost that haunted it so 
i don't know how they got down how to like i don't know how the white man's bodies got down there with nobody knowing oh I, that, and no ghost that that i don't know but the reason why i said i don't think they knew because as, as they was going down the elevator on the wall started turning like colors so i was like oh this unless you know a chant or something there's no way you would probably be and i'm thinking as they went down you see like these symbols pop up i was like oh this is something that's beyond them at this time not not unless they knew so i really because they didn't see the dudes break in like this is just me from what we see they didn't see them break in and after everything was over they probably what oh they probably didn't see oh i thought you was just flagging i'll just let you know we had one minute left before the break oh okay okay we can stop you you know how you do that you do it to me all the time yes i'm sorry but i'm not used to it being done to me my bad uh, all right i wasn't trying to i wasn't trying to stop your point though it's all right you know what? let's just go to the next section yes let's go to the next section but yeah um you can finish your point yeah i i, I apologize y'all I'm, I'm i'm just not used to being on the receiving end of that so it caught me off guard i thought you was trying to get my attention to tell Mm-mm. me something so that's no, why just i just stopped giving you the one minute uh, oh, one, one, one minute warning the same way you do me and then sometimes karen will just get up and full-blown just go to the bathroom in the middle of the show and i just sit here and i vamp until she gets back and karen just was like nope stop stop the whole <laughs> show you this is why they pay the big bucks what were you gonna uh what were you gonna say uh for me i think i don't think they knew i true ba- based off of what we've seen they didn't see those dudes break in they didn't know those dudes was in there because i seen the symbols mm-hmm. i really do think the house may have been like you know what i always get rid of the bodies so i'm just gonna take these bodies and do them down here uh i feel you on that i'm just gonna throw- it's a special house i'm gonna give it a um i'm gonna offer a counterpoint i think it's cooler if they did know and they put the bodies down there i mm. think yeah, I, I think, I, her I think playing, they let us know either way i think her playing coy like mm, no haven't heard that rumor is like the badasses most realest shit imaginable that in 1930s 40-something or whatever they killed these three white they, they they found these three white men dead they didn't kill them and then was like yeah put the bodies and, <laughs> under and, the house and that will make sense because they was like we don't want to be accountable for these three white dudes yeah i'm not saying the house couldn't have done it i mean obviously we're going back down that cave this house is too many mysteries for us not to see what the fuck is happening so we will find out if they knew or not but if they i think it like in my heart of hearts i want them to know because that's how cold-blooded they like not cold-blooded in a mean way but they were just yeah. like unbothered like man fuck them white dudes <laughs> like like they shouldn't or, or, or something may have happened where you know they like the fuck these white dudes come from and then the elevator just goes down with yeah because yeah. i mean the other thing about this show that i don't know if people are noticing but for a horror show they actually kind of cover a lot of loose ends mm-hmm. like like a lot of times i don't like horror because they just go and eh, this shit didn't make sense oh well but with this one it kind of rewards a little bit of uh research and a little bit of like for example one of the things i want to say um and this is one of the reasons i don't think the ghosts were killing people the way they died is um the names of those ghosts matter like um the one that stood up to, stood out to me was when she said um i think it was arcana um yeah anarka so 
um i looked at the closed caption and i wrote all their names down and i started googling to me like are these because everything on this fucking show is something mm-hmm. so i was like what does this mean so anarka was a slave that had this um debilitating disease that would not allow her to have um uh, because she had in insufficient nutrition and vitamin d even though you know white people love to treat their slaves great right better under slavery according to many black republicans uh but yeah she was nutrition deficient vitamin d insufficient uh yeah so uh malnourished and all this stuff so she could not give birth because she had this like um disease that was uh messing up her like pelvic area and so this doctor did 30 experiments on her (gasps) with no anesthesia what after the after the the surgeries he would give her um opium but not before so uh and he did this to i want to say two or three other women and that might have been some of the other names that they used and this man became famous he had a statue that was taken down um he was called the father of gynecology his name oh. was j marion sims oh that's the dude that's why you know uh people would talk about how uh for people that don't have vaginas for you when you go to the old gbym they basically take take this thing with like a a duck bill platypus stick it up your vagina and fucking crank it open it's cold it's fucking metal it's uncomfortable as shit um and uh it's one of those things where it could be very very painful for a lot of women you know now they have they have versions that are plastic and shit like that and you know people talk about have some that are uh more um friendlier that you know don't go as deep and things like that but yeah it was basically you know something that's the standard now would you know is something that was basically done to torture women right um but it wasn't necessarily that he was trying to torture this one these women he was just experimenting on them they were black they were slaves they were they had no rights right and so he wasn't trying to do that he was actually doing it scientifically to get to a point where they could basically do these things to white women with some accuracy and he did eventually um cure her i forget the the exact name of the uh things she had it but but then he ends up becoming like a pioneer of gynecology and all this shit and but got like i said got a statue uh in 1934 at the new york academy of medicine and it was taken down um once people went back and re-examined like wait a minute minute. right this is fucked up right and so everything in this show fucking means something so that's why i said i don't think it was necessarily the ghost killing people the way they died because like you know they didn't do no gynecology experiments or whatever or cut you know cut off some of them missing arms and shit and like but still they they got killed by this man you know in the in the name of science um and then the men's names appear to be possibly similar to the first names of some of the men involved in the tuskegee experiment Mm. another another case of white people science using black bodies Mm -hmm. dispose as disposability Mm -hmm. uh in the name of you know progress for the rest for the rest of the human race like these blacks are disposable we'll just you know let syphilis run its course through them until they go blind and all this other stuff which is such a crazy thing because they actually treated the black black health care was so 
rare back then yes that they actually some of the people don't regret being involved in tuskegee experiments unknowingly having syphilis ravage their body because they actually got health care for all these other things so like they would give them medicine for like your high blood pressure that other black people wouldn't even have access to because black people basically weren't allowed to have doctors Mm -hmm. only white people was allowed to be doctors and then um uh they would not work on black people and then so here you are you have like staff and 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 different uh, doctors and stuff that will actually come and check on you every year or every six months and all this stuff now part of it is we're seeing how the syphilis is working on you but also part of it is oh yeah you got the flu well let's give you some medicine for that that you wouldn't be able to get um so yeah it's really complicated but um that that was that was a significant thing that i learned kind of researching this episode um so just fucking it's so much um so yeah uh then at the after the secret cave and the skeletons we get one more scene tick is waiting outside of the offices of that jj the black man that was the real estate agent Mm -hmm. and he walks in uh when he sees the silver bentley of christina pull up so she ain't die in that collapse Mm-mm. she might not have been in the building right he sees christina braithwaite telling the black man jj that the money will be wired to his account thanks for your help you know you can close the office now so this seems to be an elaborate setup to get letty to buy that house yes to get and of course who does she really care about tick she doesn't care about letty Mm-mm. she but to get tick involved in this legacy in the sons of adam right Mm -hmm. and so um she's like it's funny tick comes in and she's like jj you can leave now it's best to get out of here and so it's broad daylight is tick in this office that's basically a barren office it's clearly just a um sit up yeah Yeah. it's clearly uh, a front yeah like they running drugs and some shit right and so he uh starts closing the blinds all slow and shit like oh you know and she's like how'd you you know how'd you put it together or whatever he was like well the name winthrop he's like i know winthrop was um what what is connected to you and um you know was one of the people that i saw in that you know names i saw in that house and it's the winthrop house so i figured you gave letty the money so she could buy the house and and i think she might have used her mama as 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 a ruse because i think that letty actually truly believes that this money was given to her by her mother right and i that's what made me think that the church voiceover that sounded like it was letty's mom i wonder if christina braithwaite wrote that possibility you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. just like the letter that tick got that was written under the rest by his dad that montrose was like why the fuck would i write that right so she she wrote that these right. these white people sneaky man so um it, it, at any rate um he figured it out from the name winthrop and then she says yeah horatio winthrop was a member of the sons of adam but he was banished because he stole pages from the book of names and epstein hiram epstein the doctor was a follower of winthrop and that was like probably was experimenting on those black people mm-hmm. uh much like the same way that whitey uh whitey's on the moon was um her dad samuel braithwaite experimenting with this uh ritual on tick's body black body so you know who knows what the fuck they was doing with they stuff and so 
he's like yeah i didn't come in for the history lessons he was like what you coming for he's like to kill you and he pulls out a gun and he goes to pull the trigger and he can't yeah and i was thinking you really thought this was gonna work like like i really looked at him like you didn't use your detective skills right if i run into an invisible wall i see white people died running into a visible wall if i know she can cast spells no way in hell i'm gonna go in there thinking i could just pull a gun on her now once again this is so funny because i i'm realizing how different i'm watching the show than the rest of the negroes because that's a very astute spiritual magical analysis of that scene karen but you know what i was thinking you can't kill a white woman in fucking broad daylight with a gun nope like you definitely gonna get caught what is this native son what what the fuck is wrong with you tick that's what i kept thinking but we both came to the same conclusion no this is not it, gonna it happen it doesn't make sense she, she, <laughs> she she's a fucking witch warlock whatever she is and you think you're gonna come in there with some fucking regular ass metal right I, I just thought he gonna get hung for this shit even if he could pull the trigger like this ain't gonna like this is a bad look tick right so just being in the room alone with a white woman this right, is a bad the, look what is wrong with you um and so then um when he goes to shoot her he can't and he kind of freezes up and it's like she puts something on where he couldn't even move really Mm -hmm. he couldn't say nothing really um and she's just unbothered like this is such a smooth choreography of this scene because Mm -hmm. you know he had closed the blinds pull out the gun do this cold-blooded murder and then she goes while he's still stuck holding the gun and can't take can't even get his arm down she goes and slowly opens the blinds back up and, she, and finishes her history lesson right and basically she's like listen um the order is like full of people trying to decipher this book so they can get ultimate power and they 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 know all these spells and stuff but they have to decipher it from this book in the language of adam and is the most of the spells they know have been passed down by titus braithwaite their ancestor um and orally so they're not even written down or anything and my father figured out one spell most of them only figure out one spell in their lifetime if that and most of them first of all most of them never figure out a spell two if they do they figure out one spell her father's spell was invulnerability and she was like he thought if no one could hurt him he could never die but then when he did that uh ritual uh to open up the door to eden he had to drop the spell in order the invulnerability in order to do that spell and that's why he did because you know that was the one time he was weak and it made me think about what you said last week which was did she know that her father could die at that point and this was part of her plan uh because she's the one that gave him the ring and said this it could be the tiniest thing Mm -hmm. that so maybe she set her father up to die yeah and also it's one of those things where she knows the history of how the other slave got away and what happened in her mind she was like this shit could actually happen again Mm -hmm. like i don't think this is gonna go right because she's frozen out from power because she's a woman so how do you get power well take your father out and all the men that believe in him and now you're the one with all the knowledge you know uh but then she says that you know the the book the book is still missing pages from winthrop and if someone found those book those pages the they could have a complete book and imagine how powerful they could be with all that knowledge and stuff the book that the part of the book that she wants titus braithwaite her great ancestor booby trapped a vault and only he can access it 
so she's like you know that's basically off the menu but horatio's pages could be anywhere they could get found and then we could decode the book in its entirety and then she slid like a card in his pocket like a calling card and said uh call me when you're ready to find out about our fam our family legacy and tick you have to be smarter than this you really can't go around killing white women and that was the end right and it's also one of those things too where she looking at him like if you're going to challenge me you actually need to be smart you can't just do this like this right here this is dumb also he don't know no spells right like, that's that, that was my thing it's like you you going in there with dumbledore talking about uh yeah i got a bu- i got a gun and some bullets my nigga word right um so it's interesting to see it'll be interesting to see where they go with this next week what are you looking forward to next week uh to because they show like some clips to see uh where the hell uh the indiana jones temple of doom uh, uh bridge they about to cross yeah i'm looking forward to one hippolyta finding out more about george and where that takes her character um especially if she gets that apparatus whatever that is um that she looks so interested in um looking forward to um are they going to start this kind of quest or this mission to go find these pages or not i think they are um and then um what's going to happen with uh ruby because i feel like ruby could also become a a, a quote-unquote enemy or a wild card because she don't really fuck with letty at this point um and you know she's trying to like she's very uh she's a very uh what do you call those people not aggressive but uh ambitious she's a very ambitious woman too so looking forward to all that all right y'all thanks for listening that's it for this Mm. week uh until saturday when we do our feedback show i love you i love you too